Longevity Family Media Group presents a cool podcast where we creatively optimize our longevity. I'm your host, Harry Leon, along with yeah, Juan Samir. <laughs> and your other Man. host, Tiana Leon. Man, y'all lag. Y'all lagging? <laughs> nah. I, just I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> What's good, everybody? What's and, uh, you know, today's show is going to be a, a back to the basics, you know, us as hosts today. Uh, we are uh, more than uh, happy to have you guys for this uh, second season. It's been really good so far, man. We had some really good hosts, our guests so far. And, um, yeah, this show is going to be basically just uh, getting back to the basics, y'all. Uh, it's just us three kicking it this week, so uh, it's going to be fun. What's up? How y'all doing, family? What's going on? Good. Good. Was good. How was the week? Nice. Man, bless. Productive. Productive, yeah, it was. Likewise. Got a lot of shit done. I'm telling you, time just be moving so fast, man. Right? We almost in November. It's crazy. Right. Yeah, I'm already, I'm, I'm just, I just feel like this year's already over. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to put things in the work for next year, for real. Right. Every time I blink my eyes, the bills is due. <laughs> Shit, hell yeah! It's like, look at you. I I got so I got like all my bills coming out my credit card. So I just look up one day it might say this, the next day it's like just like damn near low. I'm like, yo, can't win. But you know, at least at least at least all your bills is paid. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's all good. You know what I mean? It is what it is. That's why I said bless, man. Cause uh, you know, we just are thankful for uh everything getting done you know everything that we uh plan to do and you know it's just all a blessing man just that's right happy to be living breathing and being able to you know have the opportunity to do different things every day man i think that's what it's about having the opportunity yeah most definitely I always go by uh your favorite quote or our favorite quote our favorite quote uh taking things one day at a time oh yes oh yeah that's gotcha. right what y'all um, um nah go ahead cuz nah go ahead what you was about to say now nah, i was gonna say y'all been uh y'all been watching the verses yeah yes sir which, was uh, what was your um which one was which one uh which episode did y'all check out I seen uh, the 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 one with Ashanti in there, so the Ja Rule versus Fat Joe. Okay. And then I seen the big, a little bit of the Big Daddy King versus Karas one. Thank mm-hmm. Yeah. What you uh, what you what you think? Um. Well, I think we should just jump into the first one first, cause that one came first. Um. That shit had me rolling the whole time. I was laughing the whole time. Cause like, yo, they was chewing each other up. Like what did Ja Rule and Fat Joe? Yeah. <laughs> like the little small jokes. Like Fat yeah. Joe was saying some funny stuff. He was violent. He was like, yeah. you bought these raggedy girls on stage. Like he was playing, but like I'm like, yo, you yeah. wilding. Like I know he was just playing, but like, I don't know. It was it was it was I think it was fun. Like I felt like it was real turned up. I think that I like the uh the in-person versus versus like when they in two separate rooms mm-hmm. i feel like the energy is just different but right yeah it was bringing it like jaru wasn't backing down he was like play this like it was mm-hmm. good what y'all thought about it what you what yeah, you thought i thought it was for hip-hop man i mean yeah anytime you could have you know uh two uh legends go at it and, you know they just giving their competitive fires yeah, it's good for hip-hop uh, me mm-hmm. personally, I just thought Ja Rule had more hits mm-hmm. than Fat Joe. Yeah, but man. Don't get me wrong, Fat Joe can't break, can't hold his own. He had, you know, a lot of bangers throughout his career. I just think that Ja Rule probably had a bit more. And I think, in my opinion, I think that Ja Rule had a reign as far as one of the best rappers for a short period of time. You know, I know that the whole thing between him and Fifty, mm-hmm. you know, it, it kind of took him off. That 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 plateau where he was at, but mm-hmm. definitely had the game for a little while. So it just kind of let a lot of the younger people who probably weren't familiar with some of his music. I'm talking about like this newer newer generation, like yeah. the ones that didn't know his music, 
kind of mm-hmm. know like how many bangers he truly had. Mm-hmm. The same thing for Joe. I mean, he he definitely had a lot of bangers throughout his career too. So it was just good for hip hop, man. I really I really enjoyed for what I saw. Of that person. Yeah, for sure. Like, if, if you're a fan of hip-hop, then, you know what I'm saying, it was a great event. I felt like just watching it, and you know what I'm saying, I was like, you know, because I love both of them. I, I honestly probably like Fat Joe a little bit more, you know what I'm saying? Like, I like his records, but, like, you can't, uh, you really can't deny Ja Rule, man. Like like you said, he, he like him, DMX, Jay-Z, like, they had that late 90s, early 2000s on lock, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Probably like along with like Nas, of course, but like they they was the one really like carrying a torch for like hip hop. So I think it was great, especially for Ja Rule to just for people just to like know like yo, this dude was like he was he was he was Drake before Drake. You know what I'm saying? Like he was that guy who had like all like the hit R and B records. You know what I'm saying? And he could spit. You know what I mean? Like he was, he was that guy, and just listening to the records, I'm just like, yo, I forgot about this shit. Right. You know what I mean? I'm like, yo, this was that work. You know what I'm saying? And then listening to like Fat Joe, I'm like, but Fat Joe got a nice, he got a, he got a long catalog, a long catalog as well. I just feel like Ja Rule just got like way more hit records. But um, definitely like it was like you say, it was great for hip hop. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I definitely feel the same as far as, like, I think that the fun thing about him is that you forget about certain songs. So it's like, when you hear it, it's like, dang, like, I forgot about this. Like, this is a hit. Like, you know, like, you don't think about it. Like, you think about the main songs, but sometimes you forget about, like, the, you know, like, the songs that wasn't on the radio or, like, right. the ones on the album that you probably ain't heard in years. Like, and I mm-hmm. feel like that's the great thing about the versus battle is you get, you get to reminisce on that, basically. It's for like sure. nostalgia for me. Hell yeah, that's right, y'all. Did y'all see the um? Did y'all see the uh, Big Daddy Kane and KRS One? Versus... I seen like the beginning of it. What you thought about it? I really liked it. I enjoy, I enjoyed it. I, that's honestly one of my favorite verses, only because like the first CD that I ever got was a KRS One CD, so uh, it was which, like which which one. Uh, you know what? I can't remember which which uh, which CD it was. I, I just told you. Didn't I just look it up the other day? When I um, I think we were talking about it. Because uh, I know he got the. Let me see which album was. BD Criminal. He got Criminal Minded, The Blueprint, um, uh, KRS One. Those are the only three that I can name off the top. Well, like all the early boogie down production stuff like that. Like I know yeah. my dad used to be knocking that. Like <laughs> KRS One, Return of the Boom Bop, like all yeah. that I was listening to. But I think um oh yeah, by any means necessary, all that okay all yeah, that boogie yeah, down yeah. production stuff was stuff that like my dad used to bump. So like okay. I listened to all that when I was like a little kid, but uh I had got the I Got Next album. And oh, okay. the Life After Death album with uh, Biggie. And I think okay. that was like two of my Christmas gifts that I had on that. <laughs> so, yeah, man, like for like people that was born in like my, uh, well, I'm I'm kind of the same generation as y'all, but like I'm just a little bit older. Yeah, you look Everybody older. that was born in like that late 80s ever, I mean, I mean, that was Big Daddy Kane and that was KRS-One's era. Mm-hmm. You know, Rock you know, rock him, you know, uh, you say cool, cool G rap, cool G rap, all the amazing. Um, yeah, like, too. yeah. Oh, shit. When did, um, when did Dougie Fresh and like Slick Rick and them came? They, they was around that time or they was a little bit earlier. They were just a little bit slight earlier, but like I okay. said, I think Kane, Kane was, Kane was really like, well, one really came before Kane, you know, like, okay. versus. You know, he was like, man, basically, like, he was saying, like, y'all helped me move into, you know, an apartment. You know what I mean? I was mm-hmm. living in my mom's crib, and then, like, y'all helped me move out. And, you know what I mean? KRS was one of the people that helped him move into an apartment and all that. So, you know, KRS already had his footing in the game. And then I think, you know, that's when, um, you know, um, Big Daddy King was just starting to get his start. Yeah. Big Daddy Kane, man, I'm trying to tell you, man, that dude is smooth, man. He is just smooth, smooth, smooth. Yeah, he, he, he's the smooth operator. 
You know what I'm saying? He and, but he raw too, though. Yeah. And people don't understand. Uh, a lot of people probably don't know. Big Daddy Kane really kind of helped put Jay Z on. Right. A lot of people don't really know that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because when when um when Big Daddy Kane was like at the pinnacle of his career, which was around like 88, 89, uh, 90, he would bring Jay Z out to like you know do some rhymes and stuff like on his tours. A lot of people really don't know that. Right. You know what I'm saying? So Big Daddy Kane is really just, it's kind of like a forgotten legend. You know what I'm saying? That people really don't like, people know, but like not, I feel like he really don't get the credit as much as he should. You know what I'm saying? But he's like one of my top five, like favorite MCs. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like along with like uh, Biggie and Nas and Hov. But yeah, Kane, that's my guy. You know what I'm saying? He was, it was a great show, for real. I feel yeah. like KRS One really brought the energy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he brought the energy, but like, yeah, uh, Big Daddy King, he still just he did his thing. It was another another win for hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Another win. I think it's been amazing this year though, having all of the verses and yeah, just having people back to you know venues and stuff like that. For you sure, that energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really like the aspect of like, you know, you know, uh, who's better or, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know what I mean? Because it's like, you know, every day, if you're on, if you're, I feel like if you're even on the verses, that means you had, you had to have some sort of success in your career. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, regardless if it was like, you know, the longevity point really don't, it really don't matter. You know what I mean? You had to run. And you're 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 capable of being on there or to compete with somebody. So it was pretty cool, man. I think it probably it probably would have been better to see uh Big Daddy Kane versus Rakim. You know what I'm saying? That probably that might have been a little bit more that might have made that sh- probably would have made a little bit more sense, but I don't mm-hmm. know, it's hard. Yeah. I think What's some- no, I was gonna say I think I think maybe they did it the way that they did for the DJ sick too, cause like the DJs was in the back scratching. I forgot which DJ, but like <laughs> one of them used like a shoe, like they was like battling doing like the scratching joint. Like one of them tried to use like a uh, like a Nike one. He was like, right, I got something for you. Like <laughs> I think so it was K Capri and uh and DJ Scratch. I think it yeah, was DJ was Scratch. DJ. It was DJ. Yeah. I think it was DJ Scratch that tried to use the shoe. Yeah, he was killing it, man. They was, yeah, they was, yeah, they was coming correct. I think they yeah, got DJ it. Scratch. DJ Scratch really wasn't, um, that wasn't, uh, Big Daddy King's DJ. Actually, Big Daddy's King DJ was Mr. C. Uh, Mr. C, right? His career. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. you know, DJ That's Scratch was kind of like filling in, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, Kid Capri, everybody knows Kid Capri. That was, um, actually, um, I was actually uh, Karen Russell once DJ, and I mean, arguably, you could put any of three of those DJs in one of some of the greatest of all time. But I right. mean, my favorite personally is uh, Kid Capri. Mm-hmm. I think he said that he was like working on the album too. Like, I think he rapped now too and all that. Who oh. Kid Capri? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I saw the interview with him on. Um... On uh, this uh, the Sways universe, mm-hmm. yeah, and he was talk- he was like talking about like the whole recap of like the verses and all that, but it was it was a great it was great for hip hop, you know what I'm saying? I I won't I'm not even sure like another uh, like verses that I would like to see. Y'all got any in mind? Nah, I don't know. They all been good recently, like. I don't got nothing in mind. I just like them. I don't be thinking about like who should go against each other. I'm yeah. like, like, I think it's all about like the support and the fun and the right. art of music rather than putting two people in competition. Big facts. Yeah, it's good to, uh, like I said, have that energy back though from the people, man. I mean, we right. talking about the Barclays Center. You talking about Madison Square Garden. I was about to go. <laughs> Some of the venues that they've had it at. You know, it yeah. just definitely is like the mecca of like you know entertainment. And, mm-hmm. I was really about to go to the the Big Daddy Kane and KRS one. I was about go? to go because because the vaccine drink. Oh. That's yeah. I'm telling you, I saw the because I saw the flyer. I'm like, I'm like, hold up. I'm like, this tonight? 
Big Daddy Kane, KRS One. It was like eleven thirty. I'm like, yo, I got, I got plenty of time to get to New York. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, I got a feeling. I don't know. I doubt it if like they would have been on that vaccine stuff. But I just didn't want to take the chance. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it was so, it was so like, it was like short notice. You know what I mean? But I would have loved to like be just in the building. You know what I'm saying? Because I've been, I've been to the Barclays before. The, the energy was just mad different. But you know, like I said, it was a, it was a, it was amazing for hip hop. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, I think we want to get into the next topic, y'all. I'm gonna uh, throw one in there that I uh, put together, and we're gonna talk about toxic culture. Uh, <laughs> this is something that uh, a lot of people in our generation kind of—I don't know—I could say they probably give it more attention than it probably should, but like we just live in this mean generation where you know we glorify it we kind of glorify the toxic culture man so uh y'all want to tap in on this conversation mm. what do you feel <laughs> a better question I'm is how do you feel how do you feel we should address toxic culture like should we just like like let it fade or should we should we give it the attention that we give it what do y'all feel I think we should let it fade, but it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it can fade because I feel like social media have an influence on it. Like as long as it's promoted, as long as people going to be like, okay, like that's the okay thing. And it's, it's not, I think that it's, like I said, I think that it's glorified and I think that it's glorified too much because like in reality, being toxic isn't okay. Like that's not, something you should be proud of like right. you should try to figure out like how can i fix if i do have toxic ways because we all do or we right. all had toxic ways if you don't right. have toxic ways but it's like mm, should we be celebrating it or should we be trying to figure out like how can we go about fixing that like correcting that behavior because being toxic isn't good hence mm-hmm. all right and the reason why i bring it up is if, like it's just so much that you go on the internet, man. There's like constant memes, man. And like, it seems like the only thing on your feed <laughs> is the memes and like the negative, like, you know, energy. It's kind of yeah. hard to fade it, but like, I'm like, what can we do about this? Because, like, if you look at your feed, you might see a whole bunch of memes or you might just see a whole bunch of like stuff that's negative. And it just, it's hard to evade it. I don't know, man. I feel like just social media, you just got to use it as a tool, man, and get on there, do what you need to do and get off. I mean, some people like, you know, I feel like, I mean, but it could be both. Like it could be, it could just be like personal or it could just be like for business related. It's all about how you really approach it and how you, how you, how much time you're utilizing um, with social media. Um, but just for me, I mean, you know, I feel like, you know, when I, like I said, like it probably previously in like the other episodes, you know, I get inspired by, you know, uh, seeing people do well and seeing people excel and seeing people do good. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, I'm not really one of the ones who I'm not really that kind of individual that will see something and be like, you know, why is that not happening for me or anything like that? Like, I'm happy. I, I'm genuinely happy to see people doing good. So. I just feel like it's all about your mindset, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I think that the one, the main thing about the toxic, the main thing about social media that's toxic is just really the disconnect between like family, really like real family and friends, you know what I'm saying? I think that's kind of like the main thing that's like, you know, because it's like some people will just write something on social media, but not actually like text you or call you about something. You know what I'm saying? So that's really like the disconnect. You know what I'm saying? Like people won't even care. Um, nah, you go, cuz people won't even like care about like, you know, I don't know. It just, it just, you know, that's kind of like the only thing I would say, just the disconnect between like family and friends. But, you know, I'm, I look at social media as like, man, it's a game. Like I'm, I'm thankful for social media because, you know, without it, it would be extremely difficult for us to, get our um get our it's all good man i ain't worried about that but it'd be extremely difficult 
for us to like get our businesses out there and you know what I mean everything that we're trying to do it'll be hard to really it'll be difficult without social media so you know it's a gift and a curse but it's all really I think it just really comes down to the mindset yeah um I was gonna say too like I feel like part of like toxic culture has to deal with like like you said like social media or like what you see on a day-to-day basis but I think a part of it too that has a big influence of like why people think being toxic is okay is I think that a lot of it is passed down um like you may see toxic things and you think that that's okay because that's all you know but you have to figure out like like you said you need to you have to figure out as an individual like what's good for you like you know what's too toxic what's you know what can be worked on like i don't know i just feel like um i was at like a good example kind of is like yesterday i seen this post on facebook and it was like um what did it say it was like uh i don't know something about something being praised like general generational curses being praised and it was like me it stops here i feel like i don't know i feel like that kind of ties into like toxic culture because i think that people take something negative or that's something bad and be like you know this is okay like it's fine because like my family do it or this person does it and it's really not okay if you know it's bad you know if you know it's toxic it's something that you shouldn't you shouldn't tell yourself like that's okay basically yeah i don't know i feel like everybody has the power to avoid being toxic or stop being toxic if you know you're doing something toxic Mm-hmm. Well, I think a lot of the uh, social media platforms was getting in trouble because they were taking a lot of like, you know, drama and negativity, especially within the last two years during COVID. And they was putting that primarily primarily on the feeds for people to see. So like the engagement of people uh, you know, taking in social media, the majority of people were getting information and simulated information on society that would clash heads because that's what they would see on their feeds opposed to seeing positive stuff on their feeds to kind of like set the mood a different way so it's like hard to live in a society where you know that they live off of negativity and live off things that cause us to have a back and forth you know either comment in the comment section or a negative feeling you know, for each other's uh, political views, uh, religious views, or whatever may have you. So it just kind of interests on understanding the dichotomy of how social media works and what you have to instill in your children or your family members to teach them to say, hey, this is social media. This is like generated for, you know, entertainment value and for the purpose of, you know, consuming stuff just to look at it narrowly, not look at a majority. You know what I mean? So anytime I see social media, I just look at it narrowly because I know that it is entertainment and it is, you know, a a device, you know, it's it's, it's robotic. It's definitely computer generated. So it's just important for us to have a healthy balance and allow ourselves to understand that, you know, there is the real world outside of social media and we be, we need to be able to decipher it too. Oh yes, absolutely, man. That's why, you know, you got to just monitor everything. You got Everything's about balance at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Just balancing how much time you're spending on social media, balancing, you know, did I, did I, did I, do what I need to do in my household. You know what I'm saying? Like, did I do what I need to do for myself? You know, uh, especially for me and you, because that, you know, we got kids, you know what I'm saying? Monitoring how much time they're on the TV or monitoring how much time they're on the tablet or the phone and whatnot. So just just being mindful of everything, but just understanding that the, the real world is the real world. Like, you know, watching, mm-hmm. you know, some, watching watching a monitor or something for you know, hours and hours and hours is really unhealthy, you know what I'm saying? Because, yeah. you know, it feels like then you get to the point where you can't live without your damn phone, you know <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's, it's hard as hell to put that goddamn phone down, especially for somebody like, you know, what, every, anybody who's trying to uh, 
who 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 uses it to their advantage, like business purposes, mm-hmm. creative purposes, you know, stuff like that. So it is it is extremely difficult, but it's a balance, and it's like I said, it's just about your mindset, you know. It's about the mindset because it's it's very informative, so it is very mm-hmm. helpful. You can learn a lot. You can get motivated a lot, you know what I'm saying? You could definitely, definitely stay inspired, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, sometimes it can go the other way for certain people. So just got to make sure that your your mental is very strong and just, you know, positive. Yeah, it's definitely a flip side to everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. For real. But it's good that I feel like, you know, anybody listening to our show, or you know watching on youtube i feel like it's good for people just to always continuously just hear stuff like this and you know because a lot of people going through this going through similar stuff but they might just need to hear it or just you know it need to be talked about so mm-hmm. you know that's what we're here for definitely all right y'all we're gonna spend this time right now to introduce one of our ads episode is brought to you by PeerSpace. PeerSpace is a peer-to-peer marketplace for booking space for events, meetings, and productions. Launched in February of 2014, PeerSpace is a privately owned company operating in the San Francisco Bay Area, Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, Austin, Seattle, and Washington, D.C. Shout out all right, y'all, we're going to kick our discussion into the next topic. I know, T, you uh, thought this was an interesting one this week, so I'm going to let yeah. you kick it off. And let me know how you feel about this specific topic. Yes. So for our viewers that may not have heard about the shooting, um, let me just give like a brief overview based on, you know, what I saw and what I researched. So basically, um, there was a film um being made it's called rust uh, it's like a like a western style movie and it was being filmed in new mexico so on a set of the show um there was a cinema for, cinema for i can't say the word cinematographer, cinematographer? yes <laughs> <laughs> there. and there was uh i want to say that i think it was the director and um you know they were they were on the set and then alec baldwin was on the set so the cinematographer her name is um i don't want to say it wrong helena hutchins they were just referring to her as hutchins on a lot of the um things that like the news um channels that i watch but yeah hutchins who is this, the cinematographer she was shot by alec baldwin and so was the director now <laughs> that he passed away yeah, damn, so, man. God you know, bless him. Um, I wow. think that it's very traumatizing for both, you know, the people that were on the set, the families, and it was traumatizing for Alec as well because, you know, it's being classified as an accidental shooting. Um, and, you know, when people are, I don't know too much about the film industry um, and what goes on on the set behind movies, but I know that, you know, the actors and actresses aren't responsible for the props. Like, so... They're not supposed like they don't check to see if a gun is like fully loaded or you know they just do whatever's in the script so you know it's whoever set up the props you know it's their fault i mean it still was an accident i don't know the details about like what spun off and how this accident happened but i think that it's a sad situation and for me i think what i was so intrigued about it was because one i was trying to figure out like you know who takes the blame for this because I feel like, you know, in every situation, someone has to take blame, you know? Right. And two, like, what would I do if I was in a situation? Like, if, you know, I mean, obviously, I wouldn't, I don't date women. But if I was, uh, say, like, the, the lady that, you know, Hutchins, who passed away, say, you know, what if that was my husband and I was on the other end and I found out that, you know, my husband got shot? Like, do I embrace... Uh, Baldwin, like, do I be like, you know, it's okay, it's accidents happen. Like, do I hold this as a grudge? No. I would feel like I'll be like, son, yeah, like you crazy. killed you killed my husband. Like, I don't know if I could have forgiveness. Like, I mean, I don't I could I could have forgiveness because I'm a forgiving person, but I don't know if I could just like hug you and embrace you and 
when my wife just got, you know, in, the, in that situation, like my wife just got shot dead. Like, I don't know. Like, what's y'all thought? Oh, wait, hold on. Let me add one more thing for, before I ask y'all y'all thoughts. So that wasn't the first time the gun went off either. Like the gun had went off earlier on the uh, set and a couple of the actresses and stuff, they had like a protest and they walked off. So that's crazy. I just I just saw it says on uh, NBC News that uh, that Alex Alex Baldwin, his assistant director, had a history of uh, unsafe practices. Wow. Says the um the prop the prop maker says, hmm. but it's, it says it's alleged. But that's crazy, man. That's one hell of a like situation. So I'm saying, like, do he get fired? Like, you know, like, I don't know. How would y'all feel? <laughs> y'all was in that position, and like, what do y'all think should be like corrective action? Uh, man, it's it's just a devastating situation, in my opinion. Um, I was doing a little bit of research earlier, and I think you know these kind of incidents that have happened in the past. Um, if anybody knows Bruce Lee, the world-renowned uh, martial artist um, and film superstar. Um, he had a son named Brandon, um, and he was in these uh, series movie called The Crow. And I believe Brandon died uh, when um, some type of firearm uh, malfunction happened during the set of the movie. And that was devastating at the time because he was just in a such a pivotal part of his young and early career that people just started to see the resemblance between him and his father. And not to just get off topic, but I mean, this is not the first time something like this has happened. So it's just kind of scary to know that um, something like this can happen during the production of a movie. You know, if the safety precautions aren't fully adhered to, and it just feel, I just feel like somebody, you know, dropped the ball. If you said, you know, they had an incident where something happened before all of this happened and they, they, they the gun had went off or whatever, or that malfunction, you know, they should have just been extra precautions. Right. It wouldn't happen the second time. So I just feel like me personally, me being an actor, if I was, Alec, you know, I was in Alec Baldwin's shoes, I would have been a little bit more on the high end to try to figure out, okay, if I pull this trigger, is something going to happen this time? Because it's like, I'm, I would be kind of like frightful at that point. You know what I mean? Like, these things aren't supposed to happen during a, a production. So, a lot of people wanted Alec Baldwin in jail, believe it or not, from the comments and the, and the, and the backlash yeah, of everything. But I don't think he so. Actually Actually looked remorseful. He looked remorseful. He did look remorseful during the during the pictures that were like shot. On, on site so mm -hmm. i'm not sure how to um really blame him on the situation i just felt like a lot of mishaps must have had taken place for an incident like this to happen yeah i definitely think they need more protocols in place so that like these kind of things can be avoided because you know accidents do happen like i'm sure like you said this isn't the first time something like this happened but i think in a situation like where they already had something similar happen even though the first time it didn't hit anybody like if you have a situation like that where you're filming something and a prop like in this case the gun went off like you would think that some they would take the necessary precautions to make sure that okay well if a gun went off earlier let's double check before shooting this scene to make sure that this gun doesn't have any bullets in there exactly it's an unfortunate situation man i, I pray for the families affected by um yeah it's very unfortunate very unfortunate yeah that's that's crazy man that ain't shit I don't know, man. When we start, when we work on our first film, and we get, we start working on props, we have to triple check. Like, yo, you ain't got no more fucking bullets in that in that gun, right? For real, it's crazy. I, and man. I also, That's I think crazy. it was just a piece of, I think it was just a piece of like, um, you know, like a, a piece of strap, no, or some type of uh, piece inside the the gun mechanism because it was an actual. Like a dummy gun, but I think whatever piece that was lodged inside the gun is what caused 
um, the lady who lost her life to lose her life. So I just think that uh, anything as, as far as like props, you know, that should be well taken care of. I think they call the individual who does that a prop master. So the prop master definitely shouldn't have a job again anywhere. Right? Yeah. Anywhere. Especially if what you said is true. Like if this is something that like, you know, the, that person had a history of like, mm. yeah, that should definitely be grounds for termination. But wow. That's just my opinion. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's crazy, man. Yeah, God bless to families, you know what I'm saying? You know, it's, it's a sad situation because, you know, just thinking about if something like that happened to you, man, you know, hopefully they're, you know, they're took, hopefully they get taken care of for the situation. Yeah. Yeah, there should be some type of insurance in play to, you know, keep yeah. the thing. Um, That's crazy invested in that situation but man this it's a sad story it's a sad sad story um all right y'all we're gonna break up a little bit of the monotony of the show and uh kick off and get into sports talk <laughs> it's been real rough for my philadelphia eagles lately they haven't been looking good right take this green off they drop another <laughs> one today they, they go to Not two and five. Uh, a lot of questions have to be you know, put in play for the Eagles, man. But I just see a young team, man. A lot of people are saying that, you know, we got a lot of excuses. But I just see a young team out there, man. I see a team that's not really uh, known of a lot of uh, the scenarios in which a veteran team uh, can adjust to. This team has just been out, out coached. Um, not yet. Out, you know they've been outplayed by their opponents, and it just shows, man. What's the what's the record? Two or five. Damn. Yeah, that, that's 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 bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's stupid too. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, seems like a rough season. Hand, you got the uh, six and one Packers now. Uh, the mm -hmm. seven and no Cardinals. Uh, Raiders beating the Eagles have moved to five and two. So you got some, uh, and the Rams are six and one. So you got some good teams out there, some really competitive football teams out there. But something that we wanted to discuss is uh, the 75th anniversary team. Uh, the NBA announced uh, actually 76 players who they feel that are the greatest NBA 76. players of all times. Yeah, 76. They added one. They added one player. How the hell are they gonna add? <laughs> It's supposed, be, it's supposed to be NBA 75. How are they going to add a player? They added a player? They added a player. So there was, there was an actual last player who was picked. I'm not sure who the last pick player was. Let me see. Let me pull up the list real quick. Um, but, yeah, man, on a, uh, on a uh, further note, uh, some people left off the list uh, were the likes of the White Howard. Yeah. Uh, we had Clay Thompson left off the list. Uh, Kyrie Irving was left off the list. Uh, number 76 was James Worthy, I believe. Yeah, but James Worthy, should he should be on there. Yeah. Because he, he was on the original 50, I believe, right? Yeah, he was on the original yeah, list. So, you know what? When they, there's when they, no real, uh, there's real, to no me, order. Order, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, everybody kind of knows who the top, who the, you, everybody should know who the top ten players of all time are, but right. I, yeah, I yeah. don't. Huh? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't. You, don't. you want to enlighten us? <laughs> um, probably, definitely, uh, MJ. Uh, um, I guess like Kareem. Bill Russell, Kobe, LeBron, Shaq. How many is that? Six or seven? Magic, Bird. I don't even know how many I just said, but. That's okay. Tim, That's good enough. That's Tim, good enough. Tim Duncan, Hakeem Olajuwon. I think they got to they gotta be up there. They got to be like in like the. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they got to be up there. But um, you know what? When they when they first announced the. um. The NBA 75, I thought that they were just gonna add 25 more players to the list. That's right. what that's what I thought. I think like that would have that would have made more sense. more sense. 
Yeah, right. that would have made more sense because okay, y'all have y'all already have the fifty greatest players of all time. So mm-hmm. just add twenty five more to the list. Right. Don't like take people off or do the X, Y, and Z because I feel like you know they the, those other fifty paved the way. So just add Kobe, just add LeBron, just add Iverson, just add D Wade. You know what I'm saying? I thought uh, I thought Tracy, I thought Vince Carter should have been on the list. Tracy McGrady should have been on the list. Clay Thompson definitely should have been on the list because I like got, I like Clay. Yeah, he got more. He got championships. He got three rings. You know what I'm saying? He got the uh, he won a, he won the um, three point contest. You know what I'm saying? He's like the second best player on the championship team. Right. On um, you know, so I was like, you know, if Steph is in there, I felt like he should he should have. I mean, he he probably shouldn't shouldn't be as high, but. Definitely, like somewhere in the seventies, at least on the list. Right. But I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. My boy AI was on there, so I'm cool. I don't give a damn <laughs> who's on or on. As long as my boy, as long as Allen Iverson's on the list, I really don't care. For real, I'm cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. If, if AI ain't on the list, I ain't even. I, the list ain't. It ain't. It uh, don't matter. It's not. Yeah. Valid. It, it ain't valid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even interested. Yeah. Some of the older players that were on the list and, and don't quite have the NBA stats, a lot of people could say that, you know, uh, it's hard to compare the new generation to some of the older generation because they weren't equipped with as many uh, either um, sports science as, you know, the newer players have. They didn't have the weights. They didn't have the nutrition. Yeah, but- they didn't have a lot of the stuff that the newer players have. But a lot of the old people, a lot of the old people will tell you that if some of these older dudes had played in this generation, some of them would have held their own. You know. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, you can't really compare the era. You just got to go off like what they did in their career. Like Dwight Howard should be on the list because I think well, they say he won, he won a Defensive Player Player of the Year award three times, and he took his team to the NBA Finals and beat LeBron on his way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like he should have been on that list. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even think Kyrie. Kyrie probably shouldn't have been on there. You know, I mean, Kyrie's not on there, but he probably, I mean, you know, like outside of LeBron, when LeBron came yeah. to Cleveland, he didn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, he wasn't He wasn't really leading his team to the playoffs like that. Still a great mm-hmm. player. Still, he's still. He probably got like the best handle in NBA history. He hit that big shot, which was amazing. You know what I'm saying? But like, I don't really think I don't really think he has enough stats, or like right. he's done enough to be on the 75. But still, a great player, nonetheless. You know what I mean? That's agreed. I think when a lot of the players ask why he wasn't on the list, they just see him as a skilled player. Yeah. So they they were wondering why he was left off because he's so skilled. He's so right. good. But like mm-hmm. like you said, if you think about the Vince Carters, the Tracy McGrady's, some of the people that probably were left off the list, right. you know, you can their their argument is good as Kyrie. So that's mm-hmm. I think that's why you leave somebody like a Kyrie off the list. Right. Hold up. You know, go ahead, keep going. If you look at, you know, like you said, if you look at their careers, you could say they're arguably right there at that cusp of making the list. If there's a stake for an argument. Yeah, especially uh especially like somebody like Vince Carter, you know what I'm saying, who played in the NBA for like twenty one years and you know what I'm saying, people argue that he's like one of the um like one of the greatest NBA dunkers, if not the greatest NBA dunker of all time. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like he has a legit argument. You know what right. I mean? Like he's he was like uh like the in Toronto, he was that guy. Right. You know what I mean? Y'all must have y'all must have forgot. <laughs> For like Tracy McGrady, him and Kobe, like he won he won the scoring titles a couple years when AI and Kobe was in their prime. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like he was he was the guy that was getting them, them scoring titles. So it's like, you know, I don't know, man. It's it's you know, it is what it is, man. Everybody can't make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is one of those things where everybody can't make it. But I feel like yeah. um, 
it was definitely interesting for them to put that out in the anniversary year that it is being the 75th year of the NBA. So uh, I'm looking forward to this NBA season, man. The Lakers didn't start off too cool. They started off with 0-2 to start the season. Uh, they yeah. lost two games to start the season. Yeah, Dwight Howard and uh, Anthony Davis got into it. You saw that? Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> but it's just the competitive nature. I think yeah, that, that's it looks like that happens all the time. Yeah, that's just a part of being part of the team, man. You know, yeah, of course, heads, man. Especially when you want to win, man. Right. I mean, a lot of people don't they know. Was getting, they, was kind of, they was really getting their asses kicked to, uh, to, to Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah, they was kicking their ass, but, you know. Stuff like that happens, man. Shit. I, I saw an AI fight Dennis Rodman <laughs> in the game. Like, man, you know what I mean? Shit happens for real. It just mm-hmm. everybody just you so you wanna win. Yeah. You know what I mean? No it's matter what, you wanna win. Yeah, it's competitive. So, you know, all that is just a part of the game. But who looks the Warriors look good, man. Yeah, the Warriors look good. Good. When they, they play Thompson really back, man, they're going to be a problem, man, because... So, oh, the Knicks look good, too. The Knicks look good. Yeah. The Knicks look good. good. They start to look good last year. You know, they made the playoffs yeah. last year. But I think that the expectations for the Knicks Mm-hmm. And when you see the uh the garden rocking man, you see Spike yeah, Lee. Yeah, Spike Lee, yeah. <laughs> you know his own man. It hasn't been like that in a long time, so it's kind of cool to see the Knicks finally. You know, right, because they really don't. They really, I don't really see them like they don't really have a superstar on their team. I think Randall is a really excellent player. I think he's still. Uh, I think he's still uh, excelling though. I think mm-hmm. he's still. I only. I'm. I don't think he's at his like peak, you know what I'm saying? But he's right. uh, he's balling up, man. He's looking like an all star player, you yeah. know what I mean? But they definitely got the talent, and you could tell, like when they played the Celtics in that uh, the double overtime game, you could tell that they they had the camaraderie, you know what I'm saying? That they they got the chemistry, they they trust each other just by like the way that they're moving the ball and all that. Like, they they gonna be alright. Mm-hmm. Yeah, New York, New York, New York. <laughs> the fans, the fans, crazy. They like Philly fans, man. They, they crazy. Yes, yeah, sir. They, is uh, Ben Simmons? Ben Simmons? He still uh, suspended? Uh, yeah. I think I just he takes some time off now. I mean, I know he had the first game suspension, but yeah. I think that uh, more or less everything now is just getting him in the right state of mind. Um, if you, if, or if you. If you was him, what what's how would you feel about just the whole situ- the whole situation if you was Ben Simmons? I mean, it's kind of hard to say, man, because he's playing in Philly. We all know that <laughs> you know, it takes a, it takes a certain person to play in Philly, man. Everybody can't play in Philly because yeah, you know, the yeah, expectations are high. Mm-hmm. The expectations are always high, man. You could lose like two or three games in Philly. And then you want you to get traded, you know what I mean? Just the expectations <laughs> is high. So for him to, he's got to want it. He's got to dig deep. You know, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if he will get traded or not. It looks like he probably ended up getting traded. But if he doesn't get traded, he has to give it his all. He has to show the fans that he wants to win. He has to show the fans that he can pull up from 17 feet. We just want a 17-foot shot, bro. We don't want it. A three pointer. You don't. You don't have to pull up from half court. You just need to. Right. You, you don't have to. You don't have to be Steph Curry. Yeah, good seventeen. Yeah. Uh, seventeen. Yeah. Fifteen to seventeen foot jumper, and you know we good. We and it give us a little bit more than what you you can you know give just you know going to the rim because that's old after a while. I mean, and you know what's crazy? He really he's a great player. Like Ben Simmons really is a great player. Like he has all the talent. Mm-hmm. And like if you uh, I don't like. I saw like a couple of videos of him just ball like working out in the gym, just balling. I'm like, yo, he can shoot the three. Like his form looks good. You know what I'm saying? Like he can shoot the mid-range. It's just like, bro, you getting paid hundreds, like almost two hundred million dollars to play basketball. You know what I'm saying? But you could I would I pay somebody a couple of hundred thousand to be like, yo, 
help me out on my jump shot. Like, how can I improve it? You know what I'm saying? Like, you got the resources, you got the money to to get better. And, bro, you in Philadelphia. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really yeah. think he understand. Like, bro, you you in the shadows of, like, Dr. J, Charles Barkley, Allen Iverson. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. some iconic players. You know what I mean? And you supposed to be you supposed to be carrying that torch with right. with Embiid, you know what I'm saying? So there's a legacy there. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there's a respect factor there. So it's like, you know, people see you, you know, taking I think I think what Doc Rivers said was it was it was it was tough, but he was being honest. You know what I'm saying? When they yeah. asked him the question like, can you champion he said, I don't know, because you don't know. You know, right. he, he, like he really couldn't answer the question. I mean, I guess the right question would, for, uh, the right answer would, you know, I guess for him to just be positive about it and say yes, no matter what. But he was just being honest at that point. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So he probably just blew it. He probably just blew it up out of proportion. Uh, says Diggs. Hi, somebody said, "What's up?" <laughs> uh, y'all know, y'all know who that is. What's up, Diggs? Y'all know who that is? What's good, Diggs? <laughs> I don't know, but what's up? What's up? Uh, I hope that ain't no. Cow- I hope that ain't no cowboys. I hope that ain't no cowboys. Uh, I hope that ain't no cowboys. That's Buffalo Bills. Oh, right. Buffalo we, Bills. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we bleed, we bleed green. We bleed green around here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand Cowboys fans, man. I don't even care if the Eagles lose, long as the Cowboys don't win. For real, you don't know. And this year is it's been like that, man. Yeah, Cowboys it's all good, man. Every game, it's all good. It's been, game, so. Yeah, it's been a it's been a while for them, so you know it is what it yeah. is. You know what I'm saying, Philly. Yeah, we're gonna be back, but um, but yeah, back to Ben Simmons. You know, it's it's crazy, man. Like you gotta you gotta have heart, bro, to play in Philly. You know, like you're gonna get hit with adversity, but just just work on your game, man. You got the money, you got the resources. You know, Philly fans is the best in the world. You know what I'm saying? But you gotta, you gotta, you gotta put the work in because yeah, they got yeah. the talent. They got the talent to get to the fight to like at least get to the NBA Finals. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They got the talent to get there. So it's like I feel like the past couple of years they've just been like right there, like mm-hmm. knocking on the door and like people and also like Philly. The Sixers been horrible for like the longest. Right. You know what I mean? So like they're they're itching for that championship. Like we need it. You know what I mean? I cried mm-hmm. in 2001 when we lost to Kobe and Shaq. You know what I'm saying? Like we right. need that championship in Philly. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm from and I'm a Jersey I'm a Jersey guy. You know what I mean? We don't even have a team. So like you know the Sixers have been my team forever. But we we right. need that championship, man. We need it. Yeah, we need that. We just need it for the morale. Damn. Huh? My parents talk about, <laughs> about eighty three going down into the parade in eighty three. I'm like, damn, like when we gonna get our opportunity? <laughs> right, Sixers parade. So I mean, you know, the crazy thing is, you're right, man. They do have the pieces. They do have the components to win the championship. They do have the talent, but he's just putting it together, man. They got to want it, man. And not yeah. getting frustrated, like. You know what I'm saying? Not getting frustrated. Like, you know, Simmons and B, uh, Curry coming off the bench, Tobias Harris, they gave him $100 million. You know what I mean? Like, bro, y'all got the talent. You know what I'm saying? I I, I personally feel like they should have never traded. Um, I mean, not traded. I think he no, didn't let him go. Not signing, not signing yeah, back. they should have never let uh, 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 Jimmy. Jimmy yeah, they should have never let Jimmy go, ever. Yeah, never let Jimmy Butler go. Because Tobias yeah. Harris, man, don't get me wrong, he's a decent player, but he ain't Jimmy Butler. He don't got that, he don't got that killer instinct, you know what I mean? We need somebody yeah, in with that killer instinct. You got to have that killer instinct, man, yeah. to want to, like, take over a game at the end. You know what I mean? I think that's why the fans kind of had that outcry with Ben Simmons. Because, you know, if you look at the, the game seven when they played Atlanta, and uh, last year, last year's playoffs, you know, he had the opportunity to, you know, either dunk the rock himself, or you know, what I mean, like get aggressive at the, at, the, at the rim, and he passed the ball, and you know, that's probably <laughs> going to be one of the defining, you know, things of his career in Philly. But you know, what I mean, 
you're going to have other opportunities if you end up being on this team. He just has to, like I said, bring it within, get that killer instinct in him. Because I think they got all the talent in the world. He's he got gotta, the talent, man. You could tell. You could tell it's, it's more mental. It, it got to yeah. be. Right. You know what I'm saying? It got to be, bro. Like, you – and he like signed to Rich Paul, LeBron James, and them got you know what I mean. He got the talent, but you surround, you got all the resources, all right. of it, everybody at your at your at your disposal. You know what I'm saying? Just mm-hmm. put the work in, man. You know what he I'm said, saying? He said that though. Like I seen something where he said that he's not mentally ready to come back. Yeah, you could you could tell. Yeah. You could tell in the in the playoffs, when, man. This what was the game? Was it was that game seven? That was game seven. Man, you gotta you gotta dunk <laughs> like what, bro? Like, I'm not passing the ball. I'm like Kobe. Yeah. Like, listen, I'm swinging. I'm going out swinging. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, that should have been his mentality. So you you can't get mad if people come look at you like sideways. Like, bro, you had an open shot, but you passed the ball. This game seven, right? You know what I'm this saying? Like this game seven, like bro, you getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars, my nigga. Slam dunk that shit like <laughs> break the rim. You know what I'm saying? Like right. this. That's how. That's that's how I'm, I'm coming. Like bro, I'm dumb. Yeah. I'm dunking on somebody. I'm about to break the rim. I'm about to. You know what I mean? I'm going out swinging, but right. You know, but you know what I mean. Hopefully, hopefully, you know what I'm saying. It, everything work out for him, and he could get back on the court because you know. Yeah, get out of this. Yes, yeah, get out of your head. Can't stay there too long. <laughs> Yeah, man. Hopefully he can, you know, get get himself together. So you know, cause he losing money too. Right. Shit, can't lose that, cause <laughs> for real, like I'm losing how much money? Shit, I'm getting my ass back on the court. Right. For real, cause you know what I mean. Once once situations affect your pocket, then it's like okay, now I gotta really, I gotta get my yeah. shit together. Cause you know people got families, man. You got you got to do what you got to do, bro. Shit, that's your money. You better go get that money. Yeah, go get your bag. Yeah, go get that bag, man. Stop playing around. All right, y'all. We're gonna kick it to the last topic of the evening, and that's the quarter of the week by my man Juan Samir. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun. Um, got one. Yeah, I got one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got one. Um. If you spend too much time thinking about thinking about a thing, you'll never get it done. Uh, make at least one definite one definite move daily towards your goal. So, that's it, man. Taking it one day at a time. Not really, uh, not really, not really trying to do like a million things, but just trying to do small things, small goals, small steps, shit, baby steps. You know what I'm saying? Just to get where you need to be, man. You know, it's all about the longevity. No doubt. Yeah, man. And whatever, whatever you do in life, man, you got to know that there's small steps that's going to take you to be to easy to get to one point. There's other right. steps that will take you to get to the next point. You know, right. you don't always have to get all the way to the finish line. You just, you got to finish. You know what I mean? So, However long it takes you to get to where you need to go at, man, do what you need to do. Sometimes you got to act a little bit more fast, depending on what you got going on and your opportunities. You got you got to seize your opportunities. That's what it's about, man. So seize your opportunities, but at the same time, do it at a pace that's comfortable for you. And if it's not in a situation where you can't just do it at a comfort level, you know, act fast, but act smart. You know, you gotta, you gotta act fast, but act smart, act accordingly. Because you don't want to make bad decisions trying to think too quick. So, just do it at your time. You know, and work towards your goals, man, and your dreams. And you know, before you know, it, you'll be where you want to be at. Trust me. Thanks. Mike, Mike, drop. <laughs> <laughs> it's been the fourth episode of a cool podcast where we creatively optimize our longevity. Yes, sir. How y'all on? Hope to see y'all next week. Love y'all. Peace. Yes, sir. Peace, peace.